Listen in the dojo and dynamite. Dynamite, put your hand in ring is out of sight. All elite TNT make it feel right. Put your hand all elite, time to unite. One's name Rich, the other Ashley. The number one pod for the whole family. Time to fill your wrestling appetite. Now it's time to start dojo and dynamite. This is Ashley and Rich here with episode 96 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Thursday, October 28th, and it's been a while since you've heard from us. Yeah, it has. My apologies. Well, you've been starting a new job, so new role. Two weeks in. Yeah, completely flexible kind of work schedule, so it's been an adjustment to you. It's not like you're cut and dry in terms of when you finish or when you wrap up or, you know, those types of things. So, Lots of meetings, lots of coffee, and that's basically it. Meetings I feel and like coffee. that was always your dream, right? I mean, you, you always wanted to just go to meetings. Truly. You didn't want to do any work. You just wanted to go to meetings. You wanted to feel included. Love the meetings. Have seriously developed, like, a coffee addiction, though, like a, a bad one in a matter of two weeks. Yeah, and I've just been slammed. I mean, it's it's been a really crazy past couple of weeks. Obviously, we came back from Atlantic City. We covered GCW. We covered Rampage. Over the past few weeks, I mean, here's the truth. Have these shows been must-watch? And I think that's where we're going to kind of start this podcast. Obviously, Dojo, Dynamite, and Death Matches. Yeah, it's Dojo and Dynamite and Death Matches. We... We keep saying this, but we, we need a new logo for our rebrand. D and D and D. D and D and D. Uh, not DMD. Not DMD, no. But D and D and D. Triple D, but that's already coined. Guy Fieri's going to, like, sue us. Oh, no. <laughs> can't can't be that. diners driving to the Dojo and Dynamite and Death Matches. But, yeah, I mean, for me... Dynamite has not been must-watch. I mean, we actually missed part of the show yesterday. Yeah, I mean, this week it's my birthday on Friday. Yes, happy birthday. Thank you. Happy golden birthday. Thank you. I just disclosed your age. I don't care. Age is just a number. I say this a lot. I do care, but I don't at the same time. You, You, like, you don't practice what you preach in terms of believing age is just the number. That's an internal battle. <laughs> an internal I think everybody kind of sees their own number with. and kind of has that fight. But. I hit 27 and I'm like, I'm in my late 20s now. Panic mode, sort of. Welcome to the club. So, <laughs> anyway. Age is just a number. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a psychological thing, right? We always just kind of see that number. It's like a scale number. You know, you see the number on the scale and you freak out regardless of how you feel. Or, or how you look, how you or, look, yeah. or how healthy you are. So it's like I see that number, and I know the impending doom of what's arriving. I guess next year, the three zero. As a friend of mine said, "Look, he goes, I'm not making it one way or another, because he won't do it." Oh God! <laughs> I mean, can we skip one? Do we get one skip? Like, can we just? Can we just go, like, one more year at the same age? Just kind of, like, one of those? All I know is do not blow out the candles in The Sims. No, you'll age about 100 years, and you'll die. I had a panic attack. I had to restart the game. Never, never blow out the candles again. But 
back to dynamite. Yes, it is your birthday week. You are still in the middle of a crazy graduate school schedule. I've been adjusting to work. We had to go to the gym. I, I just, but I think that we talked a few weeks back about how like we're not missing dynamite. Our schedule revolves around TNT eight to ten p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays, and it, last night we're well, like they, they screwed the pooch a little bit because they were putting it on Saturdays, so it was kind of hard to get the podcast out because by the time Monday came, there was all these these things happening. There was news happening. You had blood sport. You had the GCW, you had Rampage, you had Dynamite back-to-back weeks. I mean, you had obviously the competition between what was SmackDown and Rampage that one Friday. I mean, there was so much happening that... Well, in terms of scheduling it was for the difficult. podcast, it right. was I mean, difficult. Look, we're not going to consume all hours of your day or your facets of your life. We're going to give you an hour podcast once a week. Typically. Typically, give or take. I, you know, We want it to be an easy listen. We want it to be something you guys can relate to talk about. Talk to us about, you know, just kind of somebody who or something that you guys can listen to and be like, hey, I agree, I disagree, I hate this guy. You know, that type of thing. But, like, we want to keep it short. You don't, we, you don't want to sit and listen for two hours. So, you, had, you know, once a week we hang out, talk about Dynamite. But that's the thing. That's what we're going to start here. Dynamite has not felt must-see. And that AEW Eliminator Tournament has had terrific matches. But, I mean, look, and I love Dustin. You know that. I, I've supported Dustin. Why the fuck was Dustin in this match, in this tournament? And his match against Brian was great, but why the fuck was Dustin in this thing? Why was 10 in this thing? To get jobbed out, to get headbutted. Look, I understand. And you had a, a tournament. No, not a tournament. What the hell was the name of that thing? The ladder match. The casino ladder match. You had a ladder mm-hmm. match, and you had six competitors, eight competitors. I can't really remember how many were in there. But they were all legitimate contenders for the championship. Yeah. Where are you going to convince me that 10, regardless of what his record is, regardless of what the rules state, because we threw the rule book out the window when they just disregarded what the rankings were supposed to be. You put this guy on dark every week, you don't see him and then he jobs out to Moxley on fucking Wednesday. Now, I understand. I, I get it. They sold the story. Look, the guy was gushing. No, I... I... From a match standpoint, I actually really liked how it turned out. He was pouring blood. You saw this really vicious side of Mox heading towards a heel turn. I mean, I thought that was effective when you look at that on its own, but you talk about the tournament. I mean, it's just puzzling. Why? It's so obvious what direction we're going in. It's like I can't just enjoy the ride. Because it's, I already know the destination. Like, you know what I mean? It's. I, I guess the predictability we, we talked a little bit about amongst our friends because we haven't had a chance to talk to you guys. I don't know if you guys have kind of mentioned this on other shows or podcasts or anybody else. You know, there's this idea that, that predictability is fine. It's just about the road getting there, right? They say that the journey of life is not the result, it's the process. So when you're getting to the result, which is going to be Moxley versus Danielson, that's fine. It's predictable. It's okay. And we're going to enjoy the result. We're going to reap the rewards of the effort. But I just feel like there was no effort put into this tournament. Look, I said that's to a good you, analogy. When, when they dropped the bracket, the only match that was really in question was Kingston Archer. And that was one I was pumped for because like, I, I love those two guys, but... It doesn't even matter what the outcome is because the finals are still 
mocks Danielson. Could could Jericho not have fought Danielson in the first round and got America's top team to fuck him over after a back and forth contest? The I mean, he's our friends over world champion. at Elite POV actually were discussing something similar. There, uh, there you go. Like, good job, Jax. Like that, you know. But that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, good for them. Good, a good identification. Could Jericho have been kind of screwed over and fought Danielson in the first round? Had a very competitive match. Now, I love Dustin, like I said, and Cody had a promo last night. And he put over Dustin, the crowd respected him, and I'm really happy that they did. And I thought Cody's segment last night arguably was the best segment of the entire show. And people don't like Cody's stuff. No, I, 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 I digress. Adam Page was the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. That was the best moment of the show. That was hilarious and wholesome, and Dark Order gets a huge win over the Elite. I, you know, that that was fun, but th- that's where I'm, I think this dynamite being must-see, I think it's something internal within me. Maybe I'm a little burnt out, because we, we saw the Cody segment, we saw the main event, I saw the FTR promo, and I'm watching this, I'm watching these things, and it's like, this is good. There's it's always good. energy, there's yeah. excitement, there's, you know, there's intensity, like, what we're getting is good, but why am I not enjoying it? It's not that. It's the downtime. Every time the dynamite goes on, I know I don't. Recently, I haven't been excited for it. I haven't been necessarily anticipating or looking forward to it. Yes, we have external or extrinsic factors that are playing a role, influencing our feelings. Because you have a lot of work at school. You got this. You got that. Right. So a lot you have, of, a, lot like of, you have pressures. a lot of those things that are that are that are kind of influencing potentially how we feel about the Wednesday nights or the Saturday nights. We're not thinking about it too heavily. But every time we sit down, the show is entertaining. The problem is, why am I not talking about it afterward? Why am I not thinking about it? Why are, why are my friends and I not having discussions about it? You know, you're right. The, you know, the, the Hangman segment, again, that was hilarious. But the show ends, and I'm like, all right, that's it. going to bed. Right, there's, there's no conversation. Yeah. I, I, I sit there, I talk to these people every day. I talk to my friends every day. We have a very close-knit group of, of friends. I have a small little kind of quadrant. What have we talked about for the past, like, three weeks? Fantasy football. Football games. Haven't talk, haven't talked about... We talk about AEW all the time. We talk about... I, I don't, we don't talk about WWE. We don't. We don't talk about really anything other than AEW because we're really the only ones that watch GCW now pretty consistently, watch New Japan. You know, we're the only ones that kind of watch all those extracurriculars. We don't watch the WWE. No. So the the merging factor, I guess, with all of our friends, the you know the uh, the common denominator. Yeah, there you go. Kind of comes together as AEW. So we discuss that. We haven't talked about it because nobody gives a shit. It just feels like a placeholder. Now you could have fun. I I really enjoyed them coming out as Ghostbusters. That was great. I really enjoyed yeah. it. That was fun. Laid back. You had a big like ten man, eight man tag. That was a good time. I, I have no problem with that Halloween show. I enjoyed it. I kind of like disconnected. There was not much story going on. There was obviously Adam Page, but there wasn't much going on as much as there was. I enjoyed the fact that Colt Cabana was Brandon Cutler. That was hilarious. Lighthearted fun. Listen, that's that's what we need in life. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. CM Punk has been wrestling some very good matches against some very good wrestlers. I've enjoyed watching CM Punk. Hikaru Shida got the win over Serena Deeb. And that's her greatest enemy. Advancing in the tournament, the, the TBS... 
championship tournament, getting her 50th singles win, but Serena got the last laugh, uh, delivering a brutal, brutal beatdown on um, Sheeta afterwards. Love that. Serena Deeb is kind of one of those people, obviously, talk about like Dima Lenko. That's kind of who she compares herself to. But yeah. she's one of those wrestlers that is so talented that like she needs to be TBS champion. Because her matches it. with everybody are better than the pairings. And I use this kind of verbiage before I've used this. The matches that Serena Deeb has with individuals are typically better than the other interactions individuals have with each other. Like you said about the Young Bucks. The best tag division matches right, come with the Young Bucks. Right, kind of going through Bucks. the Young Bucks, right. I mean, these Hakar Rashida, and I saw some wild stat, right? I don't know if this is true or not. I saw this stat. You guys can confirm or deny it. There were two matches so far, thus far, in the TBS tournament. Penelope Ford versus Ruby Sohan on Rampage, which was a fine match. And then Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Rashida this week, which was a very good match. I believe those are the only two that have taken place so far. I believe that is correct. In those two matches, they have already had... I stumbled a little bit there. They have already had more wrestling time than the entire WWE Women's King of the Ring tournament, Queen of the Ring tournament. The entire thing. The entire tournament. AW has had two matches longer than the entire tournament. Is that absurd? I cannot confirm or deny. I don't know that. That's why I said it's kind of like fan participation. That is absurd. If that's that's true, that's crazy. That is absolutely absurd. And, you know, sometimes women in wrestling have such a diverse background of experience. You have so many women because, and it's true, and, you know, Women in wrestling, typically, when they go to trainings, they go to schools, they get fast-tracked. There's not enough women's wrestlers. They need them for cards. Sometimes they're not ready for where they're put in position on matches or in matches on cards, right? Sometimes this happens. So you get a very wide range of diversity in terms of ages, experiences, when you look at a women's roster. And sometimes in WWE, I think, and I mean, maybe this is me defending them, and it's... I think it's more from a booking standpoint or kind of looking at, you know, the the comparison of experience points that sometimes they keep these matches shorter because they don't want to overexpose or put the women in positions where maybe they could put on a subpar product if they're not as experienced. But it's a double-edged sword because you only get better through experience. But I think that WWE does that on the house shows. Right, that's We don't true. really talk about that. Nobody really talks about that. But I think the house shows for WWE have provided that, you know, hey, Liv Morgan's going to go 10, 12 minutes. But on SmackDown, she's going to get about five because we, we don't know quite what she's going to do for television yet. We're going to pair her with somebody who may not have as much experience as Liv Morgan also. And, you know, we'll keep it short. We'll keep it sweet. We'll keep it concise. And we'll tell a good story. and We'll do it quickly. And it, it's it's no negative on anybody. It's just, I think, for the product and the overall clean, cleanliness. I, I'm going to call it cleanliness of what the WWE product is, a sterile product, I guess. They just want things cool, cut, calm, collected, and basic. But that's what AEW provides on the other end of it. AEW doesn't care about making mistakes. AEW says, look, this is professional wrestling. You're going to go out there and you're going to slug each other, you're going to hit each other, and you're going you're to beat the shit out of each other, right? 
And sometimes you're going to have segments, you're going to have moments that look a little sloppy. But you can put that into context of these two women, these two men, doesn't matter, are going out there and they're slugging it out at the highest possible speed in the biggest possible moment on the biggest stage on live television. But AEW doesn't limit them. They say, hey, look, you're going to go out there and you're going to get 10 minutes. Penelope Ford, you're going to go get 10 minutes with Ruby Soho. I think that's, that's an attribution to them. And Ruby's been great. Yeah, she's a great addition to the women's roster. And Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida were great. Absolutely. And every single one of these matches is far more compelling than the Eliminator tournament is. I, I agree. And that's where I'm going back to that same, you know, we can reap the rewards at the end, which are just the Moxley Daniels, and who doesn't want to see that? That's fine that it's predictable. It's why are we getting there in such a manner that's kind of like a limp? It's like a speed bump. Well, you look at the the TBS tournament, you know, yeah, of course, there's a feeling that Sheeta was going to get the win over D because of what happened in their last interaction, their, their last matchup. But I have no idea who's going to win this tournament. And, and that has predictability is is OK, like you said. So having a Mox Danielson finals is still that, that that's fine. But just the matches themselves, it, it just is lackluster. They are, and the mat, the quality the, has been high. The matchups, the matchups are lackluster. Are lackluster. There's, there's the no matches. reason why Christian Cage couldn't have been in this, right? I, I understand that Miro. I, I get it. He just lost the TNT title. You kind of don't want to put him in that position. You sure. kind of want to keep him strong. I understand, but there's no reason why Christian Cage couldn't have been in it, unless he was uncomfortable with the fact that he had to face Josh Alexander for the Impact title, and maybe he didn't want to like overwork or overexert himself. To make sure that his quality of match bound for glory was high enough. He didn't want to be burnt out. Andrade, Pac. Andrade, yeah, I mean, Pac. sure, maybe they were trying to not do the same exact participants as the casino ladder match, but... I mean, Malachi had enough, yeah. I think, build-up to get to that point. But again, you don't, and you could have had, you could have had, to correct myself there, I'm a little stuttery today, you could have had Cody or Pac... You know, coming out, interfering or involving himself in Malachi. That's what I like about what Cody does. People think it's kind of cheap, but, you know, if you give somebody a 25-minute match and you're going to tell a story and you're going to have somebody, let's say Jericho and Brian Danielson. This is the best example I can provide. They have a match against each other and America's top team comes out and they fuck over Jericho. And Jericho gets, you know, and Brian, I guess, capitalizes on the opportunity. I'm not saying rolls him up, but, you know, capitalizes on the distraction that of Chris Jericho. Now, Chris Jericho's pissed. This isn't an attribution to say, oh, Brian won weekly. Now, Jericho's pissed. Jericho was competing with Brian Danielson, you know, step by step, toe to toe, move to move, catch his catch can. And those goddamn top team guys came out and fucked me. So you know what? We're going to full gear. And you're telling that story, and, and nobody thinks twice. You thought, hey, we got to see Je- you got to see Jericho and Danielson have a great match. Now Jericho's going to full gear to take on top team, and Brian's going to go to full gear to take on Moxley. Yeah, I know you're furthering the story all around. Um, like in this instance, what's what's happening with 10? I don't think he's going to go to full gear. I, there's, there's no point in having 10 in this, this tournament. And it's and, not and a disrespect to him. It's just for the sake of storylines right now. Like, There are some guys you don't have to put in it. Now, you know, Adam Cole, you just got, he just got here. You just got him. 
you're kind of protecting him. That's fine. Christian Cage is here. Christian Cage is willing to put over guys. Christian Cage is out there putting on great matches and winning matches. He could take losses. I'm not saying you got to throw CM Punk or Miro in there. But you got Danielson, you got Moxley, you got Christian Cage. I mean, you know, you have Jericho. You're putting these guys in there. You're putting legitimate contenders in there. Pack and Lance Archer and Kingston. And again, I like both of those guys, but they're only there to put people over. They don't win shit. So last time Eddie Kingston won a match outside of that street fight against Suzuki. This tournament. Yeah, that's because Lance Archer duded his head. He is okay, thankfully. Yeah, thankfully. Because who knows if that was the finish? Who knows I if Kingston was supposed know. to go over? I mean, thankfully that uh, Archer... That was a good match, too. But yeah. thankfully Archer, uh, he's all good to go. But, I mean, it's just not exciting. I don't care. I care about Hangman and Kenny, but then, you know, you have these kind of moments where I don't really know, and this is just me, I don't know if Hangman Page is going to beat Kenny Omega at full gear. And this might just be a criticism, but I don't know if the Dark Order is strong enough a presence on television with the audience to provide... Now, it has nothing to do with him, with them being funny. It has nothing to do with them being faces. It's just, are they strong enough a presence right now? Have they been strong enough a presence on television that the audience cares enough about them? The larger, generalized audience. Sure. The whole... it, myself, do I care enough about the Dark Order, and the answer to that is no. I like them. Do I care enough about the Dark Order to think that that's the group I want in my main event scene with Adam Page? The answer is no. I, that's, I, that's where I'm coming from. I, I enjoy the Dark Order. And I'm even heaping a little bit of praise onto Colt Cabana because he dressed up like Brandon Cutler. I thought the segment was really, really funny. I told you, I told you, lighthearted wrestling was really good. I, I enjoy Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. I think they're a great tag team. John Silver's hilarious. I like the Dark Order, but and it has nothing to do with their comedy shtick. Do they have enough presence that make you feel like they are a main event group on television? But maybe this is what they need to get that because they, besides Mr. Brody being TNT champion they they haven't had any like accolades I think the answer to this in in your perspective is that you think maybe this could enhance them yeah I think this is going to be a detriment I think this is one of those things that you go to the circle you go to the fishbowl you throw your ideas out if more people align with you, we roll with that. And if remember, if it fails, we can always pull the plug. If more people align with me, maybe we figure something else out. Because I want Adam Page to be world champion. I'm just concerned about maybe this kind of relationship working. And I, I think that this is just kind of relayed. I think there was a report today. Now, do not quote me. Do not quote me. I don't know exactly where the source is or if there was a source, but I saw people chattering on Twitter. I saw people chattering about the fact that apparently people were leaving the show during the taping of Rampage. 
Oh, I saw something about that, too. So at least if you saw and I saw it, we can kind of confirm we saw something about it. I, I, I saw not... something about people leaving Rampage. That's literally all I saw. Right, because the Rampage is taped after Dynamite. Mm-hmm. It's a Wednesday night. They're going to go past... Le- How long were we at Arthur Ashe? Obviously, it was a two-hour show. We were there past midnight. Yeah. So it, it's obviously post-Dynamite. You have a handful of matches. And Rampage, I will tell you what, has not been must-see. And I've been very disappointed unfortunately, with the way that Rampage is. I, I, I really thought... I loved what Arthur Ashe did. I loved the Rampage that Arthur Ashe put on. Yes, that one was very exciting, very engaging. We stayed. We were not leaving until it finished, until they sent us home. I will say, for the Newark show, we did end up leaving early in the Rampage. Uh, yeah. We had a group of people with us. Yeah, we had to it's be a Wednesday night. Of, right. of that. Uh, Arthur Ashe was different. Yeah. And I thought the Rampage was compelling. But there was nothing compelling about the Rampage at Newark. I'm sorry. And I think there was, there was nothing compelling. Probably, I, I don't know what the Rampage card is. I Again, I I am I, I do have to heap some praise to the people of Twitter because I don't see spoilers ever. I've never seen a, an AEW spoiler. So, like, I mean, you know, that that's that's in... I think that's cool. Like, I've, I don't think I've literally ever seen an AEW spoiler. With that, I really don't know what the card is. I know they plugged it, but I, I kind of saw it quickly. I didn't catch all of it. Uh, this week, we've got, what is it, a, a trick-or-treat match, Abaddon versus Dr. Britt, and if Abaddon wins, she gets a title shot. I think yeah. it's one of them. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you care? You're at the arena. It's 11 o'clock, give or take. Close to 11. That match is coming on. You know everybody's kind of here. You can hit the car. You can get to the car. You can get out of the parking lot. No traffic. You got to go work the next morning. Do you care? I think it would depend, like, where on the card it fell. Now, I, go going to events, I don't like to leave early. You 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 don't like to leave early for the sake of the show. You like to, to beat traffic. So... You, you, you've done that for, for everything because you don't want to sit in the traffic. You hate traffic. We all hate traffic. Traffic sucks. Leaving um, a sports venue late at night when you have to get up in the morning sitting in traffic, yeah. it adds another hour. Yeah. So, yes, I would like to be traffic. Um, So, I mean, the answer is it would depend where it fell on the card, who exactly we're with. If it's just the two of us, you and I, it's a little bit easier to navigate when we've got friends with us who have to make longer commutes after we get back to our house for them to go home to work. I mean, there's a lot of, of variables there. So now let me ask, does the Abaddon Britt Baker match because of those, th- we're talking about those parameters of it. I don't mind watching it on television. It doesn't bother me. But that Abaddon Britt Baker match, if you and I are sitting here and we're only two people. Now, anybody else, you guys can chime in. If that matches the main event, are you staying for that? Or are you going home? I would I'm, stay. I'm going to fuck home. I'm getting out of there. I'm beating traffic. I'll watch it on TV on Friday. Nothing special about it. You put that match on the dynamite. Obviously, I'm watching it. I'm staying through it. I think part of it is that you want to stay because you don't drive and yeah. because you live at home. Like, it's your home you're going to. Now, imagine putting yourself in the shoes of the other individuals. Now, no, no, I, like I, you had said. I understand, like, I understand that, yeah. Now, you want to put it from an actual interest standpoint, you're going to stay. I'm still going the fuck home. That doesn't interest me. 
And it's because of the way they've portrayed Abaddon. It's because, again, that's a match that's like an elevation type of match. It's a match that I want to watch on YouTube that I don't have to sit and commit to at 11 o'clock at night on a Wednesday. I, I understand that. And I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy here, but I'm trying to dissect why it's potentially possible people are leaving for Rampage and why Rampage isn't must-see television. I like the structure of Rampage. I think for the viewer, the structure of Rampage is really good. You open up with the main event, essentially. You reverse the order of what Rampage is. You open with the main event. But have rampages, with, and I like Danny Garcia, trust me, I do, but are these rampages with guys like Daniel Garcia, do they feel like real shows or they just feel like elevations? Does CM Punk versus Daniel Garcia need to be on television? Very high quality match, and no, you want to put it on a card, it's fine. Is that the selling point? Because that was the big main selling point of, of that one rampage. We've, we've talked about that before. I, I don't feel that rampage is is must-see television. Now, to go back to your original question about would I stay for that match, um, we, we went over the parameters, obviously. There's something about being in the arena for a show and for a match. Like, I think that's one that I would enjoy more so being there to, to witness. I, I don't want to miss anything when I'm at a show. So it's like if I leave... I might miss something. You think that something's going to happen during Britt Baker and Abaddon? I don't know. Uh, but that's but that's what I'm saying. You think something's going to happen during Britt Baker and Abaddon? Probably no. not. No, it's not. And and I think that's what there there's nothing compelling right now to keep people in the seats. Could you put Rampage that's the hard part too. If you ran Rampage like Arthur Ashe where the, the matches were just the people that didn't get a chance to wrestle on the Dynamite, right? It was almost like one big three-hour pay-per-view. Like a pay-per-view, yeah. Right. And you filmed the Rampage before the show because nothing that was happening on the show was being, you know, kind of like translated from Dynamite. Like it was a continuation of Dynamite, which is the way that Tony Khan has plugged it. It's a continuation of Dynamite. So if you want to book it like a continuation of Dynamite, there shouldn't be much that has to relay... From Dynamite to Rampage. The way that Arthur Ashe didn't have that. Right. So if if that's the case, why don't you film before? And if that's the case, why don't you film the main event? Because again, you can put these matches in any order that you want. It's taped. Make the main event the last show on the Rampage. People won't leave. If people come to see CM Punk, which I go to see CM Punk, and you want CM Punk versus Daniel Garcia as your big headline of that show, put that in the main event. Don't let the people leave. When you main event with Abaddon versus Britt Baker, I can beat it home. Nothing's going to happen during that match. And quite frankly, the way that Abaddon's been used, and this is just point blank, Abaddon isn't beating her. And if she does beat her on Rampage, congratulations, she ain't beating her for the belt. And that's where I think it's lost its compellingness. It, it lost that feeling of anything can happen in any match on any night. And I think the only guy right now and the only person right now that's running that type of show is, is Cody. People are all over the place about Cody's booking and Cody's heel turn and he cuts that promo. But Cody, I, look, love him or hate him, the guy shit's entertaining. He's got people running out left and right. He's got different types of like branches. I mean, I, I would like to see Cody team with Dustin. I would like that. I've said that multiple times. I think, you know, but Pac came out, which is kind of weird, but again, you got Pac, you got Malachi. You know, well, Malachi's Pac's got beef with Andrade. Right, and Andrade I comes like out, Pac. and he's going after Glock Anderson. I mean, this was like, it was great. Was it was lot. entertaining. There was a lot that happened, but yeah, I mean, it came together. It's fun shit. 
Anytime shenanigans. Cody, right. There's shenanigans happening. Cody's wrestling. Let's just say it's a guy that maybe you're not as interested in, right? So so Cody's taking on, like, Nick Camarado. And you're kind of like, all right, well, I don't know why this is happening. But you know, when a Cody match, you're compelled. Shit might go down. That's entertaining to me. That's a personal thing. But that's entertaining. See, we they did Cody Malachi take three. I thought we were done. Clearly, yeah. we're not. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know who's booking that specifically. Like Malachi but... got the first two wins. There was no need for a third. I don't know that. That itself. That what that was the main event of what the Saturday Dynamite. The third one, yeah. I didn't. And then Cody came out. He cut this promo. He's throwing his shoes into the crowd. I understand what you're saying. I think they would have that. This is in where terms those, of that. Like, I, why? But this is where one of those steps comes into play. You know those stupid steps that MJF uses. Those stupid steps they throw on things that have no reason to do it. Like this is where Cody like throws a step on the match with Malachi Black, like Jericho did with MJF when they had that last match, and everyone was kind of like, "Why are they having like four matches?" But they throw that step that Jericho is going to retire, so it just kind of gives it a little something. And then we're watching the show in person, and I kind of felt like, you know, I really want Jericho to win this because I don't really want him to retire. And as much as it sounds so stupid, because everybody at home goes, "He's not going to lose." You know Jericho's not going to lose. It gives you something to watch for. It did kind of give it to me because MJF's that guy that could retire him. That was another feud that I just wanted to end. We've moved past that one, I think. Right, but I thought it was an okay conclusion. I liked the match it all out. I liked their little story. I liked it. I liked it. It was good. I like what Cody's doing. It's fun. I enjoy what Cody's doing. And like the shenanigans, the Bucks and the Kenny and the Dark Order shit, we had Brandon Cutler come out as the horse, they beat the shit out of him, he's all duct taped up, and then, you know, fucking Adam Page is in the fucking marshmallow suit, that's great. It's shenanigans, and it's fun. It's pulling you left and right. When you have really good wrestling matches, like what Brian Danielson's putting on, like what Serena Deeb puts on, you're enjoying the really good wrestling matches. You don't need shenanigans for that. Right. When you have things happening that are not only predictable... But unenthusiastic, like Abaddon versus Britt Baker. Now, I'm not excited. You can tell I'm not excited for that. Probably not even going to watch it. My birthday on Friday. Probably not even going to watch it. I got shit to do. I got meetings on fucking Friday. I, I, I'm probably not going to end up watching Rampage. Birthday dinner. But it's not even one of those things where I can put it on and try to make sure I can kind of like covertly watch it because I don't care. I don't know. I'm all over the place today. I think we all are. But look... That's just kind of our rant about why we're here. I mean, look, you guys, I'm sorry if it's not really as much of a detailed inclusion about last week's Rampage. It's just kind of where we're feeling about Rampage, what we're feeling about Rampage, where and we Dynamite. are on Dynamite. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. On AEW in general. But one thing we have been enjoying is GCW. I think the GCW is doing things really well right now. I like all around, and I've, I've, I'm on a GCW kick, but we we've gone to a handful of shows. We've watched, I think... All of their shows since homecoming back in in July and I, really good shit. Bloodsport and GCW War Ready. was the first time I ever watched Bloodsport. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, it was interesting. It, it it was unique. I. It was unique. I enjoyed the concept, but I don't love the execution. Marina Shafir was wrestling fighting i don't know what they call it for this but she, she was fighting masha slamovich mm-hmm. 
And I, she was just work slapping her at one point. They looked bad. And it's like, I mean, Marina Shafir will fuck you up. She's a fucking cage fighter. And you have her doing these, like, worked open palm slaps where she's not even hitting her. She's, like, like she's purposefully missing her and slapping the fucking the fucking canvas to make noise. And, I like, I get that. You know, I, I understand that in the realm of, like, you know, you take a weapon, you kind of, you overshoot on a chair or something, you kind of get it to hit the uh, the canvas, you, you weaken the blow on the person, you get nice, that nice sound. You know, if you're going to do some work punches, you kind of stop the canvas, you know, you get that little pop, pop, pop noise, right? Slap the leg type thing. You know, it's that that type of thing. But I mean, this is supposed to be like a like a fight. I thought that made Marina look bad. And like that's the kind of thing where you're gonna have a blood sport. The people like Shafir should fucking dominate. They should be booked to fucking dominate. Because that's what they do. This is like their specialty. You know, I mean, you could tell really good stories where you're going to gear up in a, in a nice feud to get to Bloodsport, and you're like, well, fuck. Because, like, all of a sudden, you, you know, you've been working Marina Shafir because you're fucking taunting her non, you know, whatever the, whatever the garbage story you want to write is, and you're taunting her about the fact that she got fired from NXT, she couldn't make it on fucking TV, she couldn't hang like Ronda Rousey, and then all of a sudden, Marina gets you to Bloodsport, and you're fucked. That's that kind of stuff that works, you know what I'm saying? I just didn't like... I, I liked the idea, the concept. I just didn't love the execution from the idea that it's like a worked shoot. Where it's yeah. like... It, it, some of the worked things maybe need to get worked out better. No pun intended. You have more experience with fighting than I do in terms of like watching UFC and MMA. I, I don't really dabble with that too much. I haven't really dabbled with that too much. So I didn't know what... I, I know that they were they were allowing for things to happen, but there were some things that I just was nitpicking a little yeah, bit. I, I liked the idea. Of I it. liked it because it, from like the experience and perspective I'm coming from, like it looked like a fight more than a wrestling match, but it still fell within the realm of like the wrestling that I'm comfortable with. So it it, it was unique. It brought like a sense of of comfort and enjoyment to me but i understand what you're saying like no one got like i, I was also kind of expecting like a shoot fight and that no, didn't but it's you gotta shoot the shit sometimes yeah like there were there were spots where i he was gonna give him a boston crab and he like leans in just the way wrestlers would and he's letting him punch him and he's selling it and selling it. i don't remember who it was because everybody was kind of wearing black trunks so it was kind of like i don't remember exactly what match it was in and it's like Come on, you know, like, he gets him in, like, the chokehold. He had somebody to chokehold. I think maybe it was Josh Barnett. I don't think it was Barnett. I don't think it was Barnett. Don't, don't quote me on that. But they he had him in a chokehold, and he starts, like, fighting out of it. Like, he's backpacking him, and he's, like, you know, he's, like, he's, like, rocking it up. Like, he's fucking back to life again. It's, like, I mean, you get, if you cinch a fucking chokehold on in a, in a fucking MMA, you're toast, ton, tap out, go. You don't want to get put out. You, you, you're going to give, you're done. You're done. You let the cinch happen. You're done. So it's it's like that type of thing, you know, like they allowed it to kind of get to that point where now he's selling the sleeper hold. It's like that's the wrestling aspect, but it just kind of doesn't feel real because even in AEW, they'll do it where once that thing gets on, they barely hold out anymore. It's like, that's it. I'm done. He got it on because the idea is you want to fight it off. You don't want to fight through it. You want to fight it off. I like the, I like the concept of 
fighting something off so that you don't get to the point of allowing the move to be locked on you. And when it's on, that's it. It's done. I always thought it hurt the drama of, and I'm the opposite of my friends. I always felt that it hurt the drama when, you know, Kurt Angle is standing in the goddamn fucking ankle lock for how long? Yelling tap, 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 tap. And then he grapevines, and the guy still isn't fucking tapping out. And you're like, for Christ's sake, that's his fucking finishing move. It should be a constant fucking war of Angle trying to get this thing on, and the guy going, no, 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 I gotta survive Angle, I gotta survive this. And winning because Angle can't lock it. When Angle locks it, that should be the end of it. It should be the game. Game's over. You know when I get it wrestling's performance right it's, it's a whole art there's a drama to it there's a story to it I, I get that I just thought that maybe some of those things maybe would get me more into it I enjoyed the GCW whatever the hell the name of the next one was Gage versus Suzuki yes yeah, so um, Saturday was GCW war ready now before we get there just wanted to highlight um, Yuya Yamera on Bloodsport uh, New Japan LA Dojo he kicked ass against David Richards. I like the cons. David Richards has been great. Yeah. He's been uh, great. MLW, he's been really good. Um, I mean, I've, I've heard really great things about him. He's in great shape. I, I, I love the idea of blood sport. I do. I do. I said that. I, I think that Yumera fits that so I just, well. Yeah, I wanted to highlight him. Uh, and Filthy Tom Lawler. I like him also. Yeah. Against Alex Coughlin, it was good. Um, I, I, it, again, it was a, the matchups were good. It was an enjoyable. It was our first first time watching Bloodsport, so it was it was unique. It was fun. But I do see where it's tough if you like fight. Look, I like wrestling and I like fighting. I watch wrestling. I don't typically watch fighting, but I understand what's happening. I watch fighting. I understand mixed martial arts when I'm watching it. So when you're trying to integrate the two, but I keep them separate. They're not the same thing. They're totally different sports. Totally different things. When you try to integrate them together, I can see where you're going to piss fighting fans off. I can see it. You're going to, I can see where you're pissing because it kind of pisses me off and I'm a wrestling fan. (laughs) You know, it's like, I can see, I can see where you're going to piss off actual fighting fans. So it's definitely a niche market. But a successful night for GCW there. And then, like you said, we had War Ready on Saturday, which was headlined by Minoru Suzuki versus Nick Gage. Suzuki getting the win. Guys, Nick Gage is in need of a win. Yeah. What the hell? And kudos out to Impact. Speaking of Suzuki, I know he has a match coming up with Josh Alexander. Kudos to Impact. Bound for Glory was great. It was, it was a big wrestling weekend, yeah. Yeah, big wrestling weekend. Bound for Glory was great. I mean, that screwy moose finish with Josh Salazar was shit, but that's just TNA for you. Uh, the The rest of the card was great. The uh, I mean, Mickey. I love I love moose, but you don't fuck that moment up. I mean, that's that's stupid. That was just TNA shit. You you paid. They had to pay for the pay per view. You made people pay for this pay per view, and then you just like you do that. Is Bound for Glory is your biggest show? That's TNA shit, guys. We got over that. This is Impact now. Atticus Coger is going to be in the Nick Gage Invitational. Yes. 
I think he might win. I think so too. It's very possible. I think this is the. I think he's starting this. And well, obviously, we've talked we talked, about it. Yeah. we talked a little bit how they're doing that with with Koger. Uh, obviously, he's keeping his heat. He's going. To, he's going against Jordan Oliver, young guy. You know, giving them some experience, getting those, getting that team young, dumb, and broke, getting them uh, television exposure, getting them pops because you're going against a guy who is just so vilified in Atticus. Yeah. So I think this is really good. I think it could be a big win for him. Obviously, we didn't have any death matches. We did not have any death matches per se, but we did get some blood on the card. We had the Briscoes versus SGC, Matthew Justice, and Mance Warner for the GCW World Tag Team Championships. Uh, lots of blood. All four men were bleeding in this one. And the Briscoes take home the gold. That was a very good match. I was entertaining as shit. That was really fun. And that was a very good match. Right? I, and, you know, rest in peace, Ring of Honor. I mean, they just... Uh, obviously, I hope that... I mean, everybody's going to get jobs. They have a roster full of talented wrestlers that are going to be let go at the end of the year. You know, there's some people... I, we went to Ring of Honor. Really was... That opened my eyes to independent wrestling. It opened, yeah. their, it opened a lot of people's eyes yeah. to independent wrestling. I yeah. wish that Ring of Honor wasn't so goddamn stubborn. I wish they were more open to some of the ideas of certain individuals. Obviously, you hear... Some of that stuff. I mean, look, we supported Ring of Honor. I've been to so many Ring of Honor shows. Terminal 5. I even went to Chicago Ridge the, with you to go see a show. Yeah. We talked about that. Hammerstein Ballroom. I mean, we went to so many shows, so many battles. And I, I just wish they were less stubborn when it came to listening to certain things that you've heard. People tell stories about that company. And I think at the end, it kind of sunk them. But they were honorable. They paid their talents through the pandemic when they weren't running shows, which is exactly what New Japan did. But look, New Japan's in some financial trouble too. It's not easy to do that. It's not easy to come back when you're an independent company that can't run shows. You're paying people, whatever it happens to be, if it's on loans, if it's on, you know, whatever it happens to be, it's tough. And they're going to close doors in January and hopefully they can reboot in April. Hopefully they will open the doors. I hope this isn't the closure because they're saying, hopefully, obviously you want to open by April, but... You don't know how that kind of stuff goes. Yeah. But they got a lot of talent, tons of talent that are going to be out there. And Bandito will be going to GCW real soon. Yes, he'll be um, he'll be attending the December shows in Texas and California. That's exciting. And Bandito is fantastic. Absolutely. So, I, I look, I give them a lot of credit. Ring of Honor uh, was very honorable. Paid them through. But these guys are going to have opportunities now. You, we, we had a tag match. was uh, Jacob Fatu against uh, Starboy Charlie. I don't know his tag team partner's name. They kept saying it. I couldn't remember it. He's a big dude, man. Big dude. Against Starboy Charlie and Chris Dickinson. And then on top of that, Starboy Charlie broke his leg. So, yes. I, man, horrible, uh, best horrible wishes. news. Awful news. Hope, hope I mean, it's a speedy I mean, he had his coming out party on Saturday. I mean, he had dick strings. Dick strings, <laughs> yes. He had dick strings, and they blew in the wind. <laughs> they gave him power. Kevin Gill on commentary, KG on commentary on Saturday was cracking me up. But it was it was Chris Dickinson and Starboy Charlie versus Jacob Fatu and Juicy Finale. And that was, that was one hell of a match. Like you said, Starboy showed out. GCW is continuing to grow. And with Ring of Honor now, that's the thing. When, you know, one company closes the door, 
when they say a window opens, isn't that what happens? I mean, a lot of these guys, GCW is going to be a home to a lot of these guys right now. And Bandito's the first guy, t- terrific. Bandito's terrific. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it kind of goes. See if uh, AW wants to pick any of these guys up. Let's see if NXT wants to pick any of these guys up. Let's see if NWA wants to grab any of these guys too. Because, I mean, again, there's a lot of companies out there right now. I think, you know, trying, of course, to be optimistic, as sad as it is for Ring of Honor as as a, as a company and for um, the wrestlers and, and the fans who you know, grew up with that. Like you said, there, there is an abundance of opportunity right now. So, um, you know, we hope to see that work out for everyone. And you got a lot of big independent shows running defy. Yeah. Limitless beyond. I mean, these guys are still running. I mean, terrific, terrific shows. We saw Christopher Daniels. Is that one of those shows? I believe was defy. Yes. I thought it was against Daniel Garcia. There you go. What, like what a treat. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And Jericho Cruz happens. Everybody went on the Jericho Cruz. I hope you guys had the vacation of a lifetime. I saw pictures. Looked like it was a good time. Looked like a lot of fun. Hope the weather was warm. Yeah. Saw people swimming. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. The pools were open. The pools were not open for us. No, they were not. Um, so, actually, they were. It was just oh, freezing. The one was. The yeah, one the was. One it was, was freezing. So, we swam in the spa. Yes. Because it was indoor yes. and warm. So It was a bit chilly. Um... But yeah. With that, we kept it short. I hope you guys aren't like, hey, I'm not listening to this negative Nancy promo podcast anymore. But that that was just kind of our feelings. I mean, we had to be honest. We're honest with you guys. We don't hold back. Yeah, I I know I was kind of a mess today. (laughs) Didn't have my notes prepared. But yeah, we're going to keep it real. I mean, I'm, I'm, we'll give credit where credit's due. And we're we're not here to just be negative, but I'm not going to falsely pretend like, I'm 100% into something if if it's not grasping my attention. Yeah, I don't want to forget. I, I do hope, kind of, I do kind of hope that FTR wins the titles at full gear. Oh, yes. It'd be kind of cool. Yes, and, and quick New Japan news. Uh, speaking of, of titles, Kazuchika Okada won the G1 Climax. Goddamn right. But he will be putting his briefcase or his contract on the line against Tamatonga. And we all know how this should end up. So we are ready for singles run IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Tamatonga. And with that, <laughs> you can find us at Dojo and Dynamite and not death matches yet, but at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram. Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com. I don't know if the email will change. You can't like edit the Gmail address. That is true. Then we can make a headliner. Dojo, Dynamite, <laughs> and Death Matches. Dojo and Dynamite and Death Matches. And we're going to use the Oxford comma, I think. Dojo, Dynamite, Death Matches. Like three separate things. I thought it was just ands that we were going to be using dojo and dynamite and death matches i don't know you guys let me know what do you guys think yeah what do you think this is like brainstorming over here oh my goodness but with that thank you guys so much for listening as always hope you're doing well and staying safe rich told you where you can find us so hit us up and we'll be back later next week with another episode thanks guys <laughs>